Hello, and welcome to the sermons of Our Savior Lutheran Church in Fort Capel, Saskatchewan. I'm Pastor Joshua Kurtenbach. Today is the second Sunday in Advent, Populus Zion. Our Gospel reading comes from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 21st chapter. Jesus said, There will be signs in sun and moon and stars, and on the earth distress of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. And he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as you know, as soon as they come out in leaf, you see for yourself and know that the summer is already near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly I say to you, this king, this generation will not pass away until all this has taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life. And this day come upon you suddenly like a trap. For it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth. But stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape these things that are going to take place, and to stand before the Son of Man. This is the word of the Lord. Our sermon was previously recorded in our divine service. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In today's culture, pronouns are given a high importance. Each person is encouraged to choose or declare their personal pronouns which best describe them, and many people in professional life are encouraged to include them in correspondence and in social media. In our Gospel lesson this morning, it is of great importance that we pay attention to the pronouns that Jesus is using when he is describing the end times and his return. For he's making a clear distinction between those who do not believe and those who do. And if we don't pay attention to the language he's using, to which pronouns he's using, then we can get it twisted up and misunderstand and misapply these sayings. Our Lord begins by saying, there will be signs in sun and moon and stars and on earth distress of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting with fear and foreboding of what is coming on the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When our Lord says this, we may think that this refers to all those who will be there at the end but it's not quite right. Instead, he is speaking of those who do not believe in him, those who are thus outside of the church. He purposely uses they and contrasts it with you in the very next verse, where he says, now when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads. Thus, this picture which our Lord paints for us is at first about unbelievers. They are distressed, perplexed, and anxious, and in fear of all that they see going on all around them. They see the signs, but they don't see them for what they really are. 
signs of God's coming wrath and judgment. Instead, they only see the outward signs. They see the signs in the sun and the moon and the stars, but they attribute them only to natural processes rather than those which are guided by God. As they see the signs of God's wrath upon the earth and in the roaring of the waves, they only see the signs and they fear them. They see terrible things happening and they have a sense of dreadful foreboding about what is coming on the world. They respond like this because all they have here is the, this world, this life and its goods. And so these signs terrify them to their core, causing great distress, anxiety, and fear. All this comes upon them seeing and hearing the signs, not because they know what the signs represent. Thus, their fear is misplaced. Rather than fearing God, who created the heavens and the earth, and is preparing a day burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and evildoers will be like stubble, they fear the signs. They fear the cosmic signs. They fear the natural disasters and troubles befalling the earth. They fear wars and matters of the economy. They do not fear the Lord and his name. In a word, they're idolizing the signs by fearing them above all. They worship the signs by showing them fear and reverence. Out of this fear, they trust in their own designs for their own good and protection while ignoring and even despising God. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and glory. And when they do, it will not be as their Savior, but as their Judge, who comes to set them ablaze and strike them with a decree of utter destruction because of their wickedness. That is not so for you, brothers and sisters. For our Lord says concerning this very same time and day, now when you see these things beginning to take place, straighten up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. The Christian, that is the one who has faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins, the one who, even though imperfectly because of the remainder of sin in our lives, fears, loves, and trusts in God above all things, sees these signs for what they are. We see them as signs of God's righteous anger and wrath over sin and wickedness and evil. Because of that, when we see these signs, we should not fear the signs themselves, but fear him who sent them, and repent of our sins and our heart's tendency to desire to fear, love, and trust in things other than God. And truly, these signs are all around us. There's changes in the weather and in the climate. There's natural disaster. There's pandemics. There's wars, rebellions. There's distress amongst the nations. And even those things that are mundane, which God has appointed for signs and the keeping of time, such as the phases of the moon, ought to remind us and move us to repentance. For they're all signs of the coming of the end and we ought to recognize them as such and use them as reminders and opportunities to repent to turn ourselves to god and to trust in him for our good and our deliverance 
But these things are also signs which confirm God's good will towards us, towards us who have been redeemed by Christ Jesus, purchased and won by his blood shed on the cross, delivered us from sin and death. For our Lord said, straighten up and raise your head, because your redemption is drawing near. These signs should move us to remember and to remain in our identity as God's redeemed people, as God's righteous ones who have been accounted righteous by faith in Christ. For we have been enlightened by the Son of Righteousness who rose with healings in its wings, Jesus Christ. We have been brought to faith and new life. We are God's saints, his holy ones, and we're being made holy by his Holy Spirit who works and preserves faith in us by his word and sacraments, and who guides us on the path of holiness and righteousness, and who increases in us daily the holy fear of God. Therefore the Lord, through his prophet, can say to us with faith and those who believe and fear and love God, you shall go out leaping like calves from the stall. If you've ever been on a farm and have seen a calf leaping from the stall, you'll know it's a joyful thing. You shall tread down the wicked, for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act, says the Lord of hosts. For that on that day there will no longer be any evil, whether in us or in the world. And so to prepare us for that day, our Lord says, Watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the cares of this life, and that day come suddenly like a trap. For it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the earth. This is directed to us, but in such a way that it tells us of how those who are without Christ will be. They're caught up in the things of the world. Their hearts are weighed down with self-indulgence and intemperance, for that is what dissipation means, and drunkenness and cares of this life. The current culture of the world around us is what's called therapeutic. And by that, I mean it seeks out pleasure, self-fulfillment, and self-actualization, while avoiding pain at all costs. This is clearly seen in the culture's promotion and acceptance of promiscuity and a disordered definition of what love is. Look also at our culture's acceptance of abortion for any reason besides the imminent death of the mother, including reasons such as pregnancy is not pleasing, it's difficult, and it causes pain. See the fast acceptance of euthanasia in our culture, a euphemism for doctor-assisted suicide, in order that one may not experience pain or avoid losing faculties which would impede self-fulfillment. And because these things oppose God's will, our therapeutic culture ends up mocking and belittling Christians because we oppose these things. Those that are caught up in this, in these worldly cares of this life, will ultimately be caught up in God's wrath unless they believe as the just punishment for their sins. The day will come upon all suddenly, and it will be like a trap. Our Lord warns us, though, lest we also be caught up in this. For he says, Watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness in the cares of this life, that the day come upon you suddenly like a trap. He warns us that the world 
and the culture will always be contrary to him, to faith, and to true love. And so we should always be on guard, lest we ourselves take, lest we take into ourselves the cares and concerns of this world and its views in opposition to those which God would have us. St. Paul's advice is still good for us today. Bad company corrupts good character. If we surround ourselves with worldly persons and culture more than godly persons and culture, we can put ourselves into a dangerous position. That's not to say we cannot be around those that are not Christian. By no means, of course, that is the only way we can tell them the good news. But we must be careful lest we take in the world's views and values and culture because we are surrounded by it, we are a part of it, and it's very easy for us to get mixed up in the way. And so if we find ourselves falling for the world's and the culture's lies and values, uh, saying that the most important thing is to seek out pleasure, seek self-fulfillment and actualization, and avoiding pain at all costs and all suffering, then, brothers and sisters, we must repent and pray that God would take from us these worldly desires which weigh our hearts down and grant us new and godly desires which are in accordance with his good and gracious will. Instead, as God's holy people, as his people redeemed from the world by the blood of Christ who died in our place, as people he is sanctifying by his Holy Spirit who dwells in us, we should seek the things of God our Savior. We should seek virtue rather than pleasure and self-fulfillment, seek to walk according to God's holy and righteous law, which is his will for his people, seek to remember the law of his servant Moses, the statutes and just decrees that he commanded at Horeb for all Israel, for they teach us what true love is in relation to God and in how we serve our neighbor. We must not seek the avoidance of pain and suffering at all costs, like the world does. Mind you, that does not mean that we seek out pain and suffering, but rather that when we are faced with it, we accept it and endure it according to God's good and gracious will. For Christian suffering, whether it is being exposed to mockery, belittlement, and insult because of our beliefs, or whether it's from illness or accident, our suffering is sanctified by God's presence within us. And thus, we participate in Christ Jesus' suffering. For he suffered for us greatly that he might redeem us by his suffering and death. And in doing so, he gave us an example of how we as his people are also to endure suffering in this life with the joyous hope and expectation of bliss and enjoyment in the world to come, thanks to Jesus' work. The strength and endurance which faces this suffering comes from God alone. And that's why we must, as St. Paul reminds us, pray without ceasing. And our Lord tells us also this morning, stay awake at all times, meaning be vigilant, not that we cannot sleep. Pray that you may have the strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Just because we're not to fear the signs and just because we are not to be weighed down by the cares of this life does not mean that this will be easy. In fact, it's just the opposite. 
Thus, Christ our Lord reminds us always to pray, to pray for strength of faith that we may rely solely on him, for strength of love that we may have a warm love when the love of many is growing cold, for strength of hope for redemption and eternal life when all seems hopeless, for strength of conviction that we may not waver to the right or to the left, but remain in his word. My friends, brothers and sisters, saints of God, your Jesus knows best how to care for you and to provide for all of your needs of body and soul. Take your cares and petitions and concerns to him, for he will answer. Thus, by his grace, you will be strong to stand before him on the last day, made strong by relying on him and his righteousness, which he won and imputed to you by faith, strong by the works of the Holy Spirit within you who calls, gathers, and, gathers and enlightens, and keeps all Christians in the faith, strong by his desire to save you because he has redeemed you from this world, bought you with his blood, and sealed you with his Holy Spirit. May God grant this to us all for the sake of Jesus' suffering and death and through his intercession at God's right hand. Thanks be to God. Amen. And now may the peace which surpasses all understanding guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.